Hey everyone, it's Spirit, and welcome back to the Super Combo Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by our co-host, Chris of Unix. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing fairly well. I'm feeling a lot better, getting back on the uh, on the grind for a couple different channels. I'm uh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I am I'm quaking with energy. Yeah, as usual, you're on that big grind, getting out some powerful videos. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's a shame because you did have a pretty solid like lineup of videos to get everyone ready for UW format, and then uh, Bandai decided to scoop that 360 on you. But <laughs> oh, Bandai, Bandai like freaking two o clapped me on that one. They were just like. <laughs> Is he actually planning comp to get that shit out of here? Like, just I got I got destroyed. Hit use time skip. I didn't even see him coming. Like, I had put out a video for upload. I stayed up the previous night until like two a.m. Put this video out, and then I was like, "This will go up at ten because we don't get any news right now. We're getting like eight thirty spoilers. We're just getting nothing. So I'll just put this out at ten. It'll work. Nine thirty. There's like, ayo. So uh, BT Dubs." Nah, but uh, I have to thank everybody that came out and actually watched the video because that video still hit normal numbers despite it being irrelevant now. So thank you guys for that. That was eat. I think I think there's a lot of utility in it, anyways. Like I don't think U UW format's actually going anywhere. I think for this event, sure, but like, um, I think for side events, it'll still make its appearances whenever we have um other things to come down the line with op so i think i think there's uh, still a bunch of utility in actually exploring and discussing like what is and isn't a part of the format kind of what makes sense and what doesn't sense and um actually i guess we kind of half jumped into it before actually explaining to our listeners but for those of you guys who aren't in the know um dbs fest which was the first it's not an organized play event but it was their first official event uh for the dragon ball super card game in 2022 uh, was originally going to be a UW format event, which they kind of sneaked into the rules page about a few weeks after their announcements at the event. Uh, and everyone from the community uh, kind of really uproared on that. And uh, now we're going back to it being standard format. Um, there's a lot more based around that, but uh, a lot of players very happy that they're back on the train of it being a standard format tournament. So to that front, uh, <laughs> I was even I was getting ready to prepare some UW content. I was like, shit, all right, well, let's explore it. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm good thing I'm lazy. Because <laughs> okay. like I was like, all right, cool. I, I don't have even though I do think there's value in it and it's probably worth exploring again, but probably back pocket that until they announce side events that actually include them. But um, yeah, so our topic for today will be uh, exploring, you know, the, the changes that were made. And within the changes, they also announced that they will be testing a new best of one format where they're going to allow us to bring in sideboards and pre-side after both players reveal their leaders, which is very interesting. It's been a um, that is, this has been a change that has been proposed by the community for a while. Now flesh and blood function in the same manner for their best of one formats. Um, so it was very interesting, a lot to explore there. And of course we'll close out with the mailbag. So, you know, UW format dropped. Um, I, th I think, and I agree with you. I think last time on the pod, we talked about this. It was basically just the fact that it wasn't announced from the get-go and like, I, I feel like whenever Bandai does kind of get these clapbacks from the community, it is sometimes just because they kind of forget some, like, pivotal information when they make announcements like those. 
That's not wrong. That's not wrong at all. Yep. But um, and now they're pulling back on it. I, I, I guess now there's like, because I think you were debating between both events, right? And just kind of figuring out where your crew goes and that'll kind of dictate which one you're going to. Yeah, and it ended up being like Florida if, uh, mm. if it still gets up off the air. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely it's definitely a little odd. It's definitely okay. a little odd. Okay. Did you have like your deck chosen if you were, if it was the UW format? Uh, if it was the UW format, it was going to be between one of three decks and um to be honest they're all still they're all still kind of real like um that's the that's the thing that's kind of weird they're they're all definitely still real. Mm. um let's see it's kind of weird it's definitely kind of weird like i'm trying to think about it because I don't want to give anything away because these decks are still alive. That's the <laughs> these decks are still alive. But you know what? I actually, I no longer care. It took about three seconds. Uh, we're good now. Basically, uh, it was either going to be uh, U7 Goku. But that yeah. one was a little weird because it really, that one was most contingent upon how yellow is. Because if yellow stays anywhere near what it's like, that would be bad um black trunks because in the uw format uh gogeta actually loses a fair amount of consistency mm. and that's kind of a problem like they lose uh they lose the uh time regulator trunks or whatever that trunks is that just gets off the top um that's huge because it allows you to reset your graveyard it also is a free plus when it goes out um there's there's a couple things you lose power burst you lose petrification there's just some stuff that they lose that i'm not necessarily comfortable with losing and um so that was kind of awkward so it would probably be trunks for me for the black pick and then the last one i was looking at was actually wish goku black and zamasu okay yeah that makes sense i mean that that deck is just powerful on its own right plus all the yellow stuff so um it it's it's ignorant <laughs> it is ignorant do not sleep on that uh don't sleep on that goku black sr like when I say that, uh, when I say that that deck is absolutely disgusting, I'm I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, same for me. I think um, uh, whether it's standard or not, I think Red U7 Goku will probably end up being my pick, just because like I want to play something fresh and new, and the deck pretty much lives within the confines of what it's trying to do. Even though there is benefit, including older stuff, um, like Burly Crowns and whatnot. So. Um, I think that'll probably be my pick for the event. Um, shame I, you know, I would go to the IRL events, but it would cost me like a grand <laughs> to win. Like, like if I scrub out there just to win like a couple hundred bucks in prizing. So <laughs> I think I'll stick to the online event for what's available for us Canadians. So nah, dude, win big, use the, uh, <laughs> the club <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, the Mangeku Cloudagon in order to juice people for your prizing. Honestly. <laughs> but um, in the same post, so they announced no UW format. We're back to standard, which is cool. Um, so we'll see. that This will be the first tournament, um, which will be an example of what we're going to expect to organize play now. You can really say that about the UW format um, because that's typically oriented towards side events. But um, being now a standard format tournament, then now we're really going to get uh, our first peak because by then the list should be out and the new set's out. So it should be what we should expect to see once they do announce OP, which is really cool. 
Um, and that same thing, they also, um, to touch back on the conversation that they that we had last pod, um, no rotation guaranteed. I mean, I, I think we kind of knew this. You know, I think the community was just wilding, and I even told them as much last week that you guys are actually just kind of being crazy about this. But, um, you know, now Bandai saying we never, I don't know about never consider rotation. Like, I feel like as a card game dev, like you always at least discuss these kinds of things. <laughs> Otherwise, there wouldn't really be a point to doing block formats. But, um, you know, regardless of that, um, they haven't, they're not considering rotation and the game isn't meant to be rotated. So that's cool. Um, that should alleviate a lot of frustrations or anxieties that people were having about the, where the game was going. Um, and then finally they announced that they're going to be testing a new best of one format. So for what it's worth, this is just a testing ground. This isn't official. It's just a side of it. Like this is a great opportunity to be able to test things like these. Um, so they're going to be best of one games, 30 minutes with a five minute OT, uh, 50, 60 green card deck with a 15 card side. Once players reveal their characters, players have one minute, one minute to complete siding. Sheesh. That's not a lot of time. Uh, one, <laughs> one minute to complete siding. Um, and then in between rounds, you have to return your deck to the main deck, which I, I actually think is kind of dumb to return your deck to the main part of your deck. Like at that point, just always make sure your side deck has the same amount of cards. Because, like, no matter what, you can just keep on swapping. But nevertheless. Um, and then Top Cup matches will either be uh, best of one following the above or switch to best of three depending on the venue and ability and stuff. Um, besides round time, because I still think 30 minutes is kind of tight for those long games, we, we've we seen every single best of one regional with the old rules still go have tables that go to time. Now, I'm not saying that should be justified. I think some players play incredibly slowly. If you can't get rid of one game in 30 minutes, you should probably speed up the pace of the game. But based on the statistics we have from last year's organized play season, it should probably be bumped up to someone closer to 40. But nevertheless, a tighter schedule. We'll see how it works. Um, overall, I'm super down for this. Flesh and Blood goes like this. I know a lot of people have been justifying trying to play the game like this. Um, I am really excited because like a lot of frustrations around best of ones were just like, Oh sweet! I played this one random matchup that I didn't metagame for, and like I auto lose, and like it, it is so incredibly frustrating. <laughs> Daylon is is that you? I don't know. I just heard like flesh and blood like nine times in a row, and it just okay like twice. <laughs> <laughs> he was counting. I see. Um, I mean, look, it's just kind of wild, wild because uh, this is the preferred like. I don't, I don't want to, I never want to burn any bridges, but I'm feeling like super spicy. And I just want to say like, if you, it's just so outlandish, man. If you can sit here, look directly into somebody's eyes and just be like, okay, bro, like this best of one format, ain't it? Like there are brain cells missing. Like, there are just actual brain cells missing. And I don't mean to be mean about it. It's just, like, what was the worst quality about best of one? Running into a matchup that is just naturally bad for you. Being a cell surge deck that runs into a Android 16 deck. Being a blue deck that runs into a cell surge deck. Like, just running into your worst matchup 
is the worst part about best of one. You have nothing to do. You can't ever get that salty run back. You get your cheeks clapped, and then you just have to sit with your L. This is the immediate counter to that. Now, granted, there are still some decks that are going to slide into the meter. Like, if somebody flips over a Sin Shinron, you don't know whether your ass is about to get clapped with aggro or a bunch of blockers with one that's just negating your skills or with, like, you know, just overall, let me get to six energy and you never out-advantage me again. Like, you don't know. So there's still some leaders that slip through the cracks. But for the most part, this is going to allow you to look at that leader and be like, okay, I'm not going to get completely dusted by the random. Now, that being said, one of the things I like most about this best of one format is that it still actually rewards people that play the game. Like, knowing what leader your opponent's playing on their side of the field ain't going to do jag diddly if you're just out of tune to the format. Yeah. They will put in cards you've probably never read before, you never interacted with before, your cheeks will be clapped immaculately, and then you will be sent home with your L, as you would have been in the normal best of one format. So nothing changed for you if you don't pay enough attention. But if you actually are keeping up with the game, this is the actual preferred best of one format if we are to play Destiny 1. Definitively. Yeah, yeah I don't... You can actually <laughs> at me on that. <laughs> I don't even think it's close. I think... Um, as someone who spent the entire last competitive season playing almost every single webcam tournament available, um, it is like I had an Invoker run where I played against like four reboot Gohans in one tournament, and somehow managed to take them all down. Don't get me wrong, that felt amazing, but like it, it was such a feel bad the entire tournament because the the entire tournament basically was, you know, do I see my one of X amount of negates? No, then I just lose. Like it's and then. And there was nothing for me to do about that, right? Besides just, like, maybe top decking better, right? So I think it, it creates so many situations where you actually have a game and you're rewarded, like you said, for actually understanding the meta and understanding what your opponent does now. And and and, and there's that two-way street too, right? Like, just like you said with Sin Shenron, like, there are decks where legitimately you could have any 4-5 build, right? Like, I put Soul Striker in front of you, like, all right, bet, what, what do you think I'm playing, right? Um... The, 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 there's like four different variations of this deck all of which almost use a different color so like um i think to that end there's that kind of play too right where you're um as the player trying to still you can still rogue out a tournament and have that surprise factor on your opponents because now you're playing with their expectations right hey this is my leader you can take a best bet at what it is and your best bet should probably be what's the most represented in the meta but I can play and subvert your expectations on that front and maybe get an up edge on the tournament that way. And now you just sideboard a bunch of crap. Now, you know, never mind the fact that Soul Striker has blue bullets that hit it no matter what. <laughs> but nevertheless, right? Like like any other leader is kind of in that same kind of position if they're more if they're generically able enough to flex like that. And I think I think this is going to make best of one. Like there are a lot of people who are doubters of best of one. And I I, I think no matter what webcam play old never stray away from that for that certain minority. But I think this alleviates a lot of frustrations that the community has in terms of playing in best of ones. And like like it or not, I think best of ones aren't going anywhere. I think the I think the webcam model is extremely successful. You can run an entire tournament without needing a venue, which makes it way more profitable for TOs. So um I think and this is kind of in the same line as to why I think eventually we do just need them to return to the best of one ban list. Because this is e like them doubling down and trying to find how to optimize the best of one format just showcases them that this to them is a premier way to play the game. This is a legitimate way to get yourself invites, to get yourself to the higher levels of play. And I think players just need to accept that this is probably, you know, one of the most consistent avenues to get to higher levels of play 
moving forward or will be right like nothing about this is confirmed this is just a testing ground but realistically this is probably going to be quote unquote the future yeah and um i mean it's like i don't think this is going to take best of ones off the map i desperately hope not because best of our best of threes are still in my opinion the most skillful oh not even close yeah, 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 yeah just like it's like it's like a lot of people are just like hmm you know this is best of threes like look if you think best of threes take too long you're a scrub i don't want to invoke the, the original <laughs> you know you know but you already know you you're, you're a certain caliber player yeah you, you may or may not know how to play the game and yeah you're not good like i don't want to i don't want to quote quote but i'm just saying like best of three is so just crucial no matter what format you see it in whether it be tcgs you know fighting games anything like that because it gives you a chance to play well it gives you a chance to even if you misstep bring it back momentum you know breaking somebody else's momentum uh, adjusting and that's all important because like nobody plays perfectly 100 percent of the time especially after a whole nine round ten round tournament there can be times where you make a crucial misplay and in a best of one format that crucial misplay can just be the entire game, which it could be in, you know, a you know a best of three. But in a best of three, you can make that crucial misplay, take a deep breath, recalibrate, and come back to slap somebody. Like look at uh look at Duvall. Duvall got hit with that monkey once, and I'm granted that was that was the that was part. That was of the, the one. That was the, the one. He never got, he, he's never gonna get hit with that monkey again. The thing is, if that was in game one, if that had happened in game one, I guarantee it would have never happened in game two or three. Like. That you 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 need that best of three. So I do not believe that this is going to be the future of all formats, but I definitely think that this is if best of one is to ever be implemented, it needs to be like this. And again, you were just smoking smoking that uh that pack, that loud pack, if you were completely that copium. If you think that it should be like this. it's just um it's it's wild, man. It's wild. It's it's a good change. It's a good change. I'm glad that they're changing it to this. Because uh, sometimes card games can be very, very swingy, and matchups are very important. Yeah, um, and I will say pre-side, like I've been deck building with pre-side in mind for the past few days, and it it makes deck building so refreshing. And it's kind of funny that like I keep sending my teammates like these wonky main boards. And they're like, why does your main board look like this? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what's in my main board. As long as whatever's within my um, 65 to 75 and I like it, I can just hot swap whatever I need before every match. So it's kind of been funny building a sideboard while not while also not kind of caring what my main board looks like. As long as I know that I have the best 65 to 75 cards to build the best deck for every single game. So that, that's been refreshing. It's been nice. a lot of fun. It's been very weird, but it's been a good time. <laughs> it's like, oh, so you thought I was going to stay at this? Like, I'm not, like, it's like, I don't know. That, that is funny. Like, why does it look like this? Why, what is it supposed to look like? Like, like what is it really supposed to do here? <laughs> but that's funny. And, you know, inadvertently, this kind of leads to the death of Selzeno in, um, in, uh, this kind of, this kind of leads to the death of cell search in these Good. best of one events. Like, because Good. I mean, just how are you going to feel when you sit <laughs> on the table and you flip up your leader and some guy goes, let me get the dabs in the moment. Bro, I'm just, like, I'm, bro, oh, there, are, like, there are four cards 
instantly going into the main deck the moment the cell surge leader gets put on board <laughs> before anything happens it's the swiftest four card swap out you'll ever see <laughs> every single match <laughs> it's so destructive uh I, I think jordan marco still thinks it's viable in bo one i'm like i don't i don't know if it is i, I mean it's... Look, look at tampa look at tampa people literally just had the the anti no you get you get no panties like no purchase here sideboard extravaganza like cell surgeon even hit top 16 because people had the heat like people are just like nah nah i don't even know get out mm. stop uh -uh. <laughs> F you. Like, like i could you imagine could you imagine just going in and being like oh man i barely got game one luckily i'll just be able to close out game did he just discard a monkey? Yes, but, sir. But he's, he's playing aggro. This is kind of... Huh, okay, well, let me just try this again. Dab? Mm. <laughs> let me establish <laughs> his black mass sand so he can't dab me. Oh, okay, okay, I'll discard the monkey. Wait, wait, wait. That's not what I wanted. Like, it's just, it's actually disgusting. Like, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's I will say for... it. it it swings the pendulum the other way where um, for some decks that were really crucial and being really good in best of one situations because people can't really afford to mainboard hate for it, it completely obliterates them. Cell Surge being like an example of them. Um, I think AOD is like another deck that thrives in best of ones but could have a lot of trouble if people side deck some key cards against it that totally hose it. Like you have unexpected AOD. turns in your sideboard, bro. Like good night like that that's that's your entire board turn three turn four like easy so the aod took the fattest like stock drop over the <laughs> <laughs> did you did you know what i'm talking about <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about i don't actually go for it oh my gosh I'm, i don't want to shade anybody because it takes a lot of balls or ovaries if you were playing and you're a female to get up on stream and play it's a whole different realm and i think lots of people don't understand that you can play at a table and everybody's paying attention to their own games and you're just doing your thing. But when you're on stream, there's this like, until you get used to playing on stream, there's this thing that gets under your skin. It's like the weight of knowing that everybody is breaking down your plays. If you scrape yeah. somebody, it's going to be hot. But if you get scraped, everybody just saw it. There's no going to your friends like, yeah, I lost, but uh, it's because he drew the absolute nuts I had nothing. I bricked, you know, like I actually somehow like I opened up five cards instead of six and we didn't we didn't notice. So not, neither of us noticed. And so I was I was a card down and he opened up the God for even nuts. He hatched me on turn two. Did that make he had, you can't do that? I mean, turn three. It was turn three. He just had the nuts for no, there's none of that. None <laughs> of that BS when you're when you're on stream. People are like, this man had game. And then for some reason, he decided to play a card before swinging, getting himself poutine, bergamoed. He's ass. Like, there's no that you just can't that's, get that's away tough. from it. Like, that's tough. It's just so, so. So when people get on stream, there's a level, there's a different level of stress that goes into that match. So that's I don't pressure. like that. I don't, I don't hate on anybody. But um, there was a dude on stream with AOD, and uh, the, chat was, the chat was killing him. Uh, the commentators started to lightly roast. Uh, one of the commentators won't, won't name names, but he is the goat. He is uh, he is the goat commentator. He uh, he definitely lent him that AOD deck. And at first he was like, "Yo, that's my buddy." And then afterwards he was like, 
I do not claim this man. That's tough. Puts on the sunshades, the Ray Charles. <laughs> but um, it really is just kind of destructive. So uh, that's what I mean by it took a it took a stock drop. Like it uh, it, it just yeah, it was rough. It was rough. But uh, I mean, the deck's got gas. It's just it just it needs a specific line of piloting for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a tempo deck, right? And even. And tempo decks are like a kind of aggro deck that kind of work differently than a typical aggro deck because an aggro deck, for the most part, you can kind of just make sure you sequence correctly. Um, but with a tempo deck, it's this weird balance between control and speed. So, um, so it definitely one hundred percent takes that line in terms. And it's just it's just decks like that in general. Um, me, I think I think a lot of decks that I like to play in these in in online events because they're more memey because they make for better content. <laughs> I think those take a, a stock drop. <laughs> because, because but, well, ish, ish and no, because I kind of take advantage of the fact that I play old leaders people don't remember anymore. So, like, when I played Rem Gogeta, um, like, I just knew, like, my opponent asked me what the te- what Frenzied Burst does, and I'm like, bro, if you're asking me what Frenzied Burst does when it's on board, like, game's over, dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you don't, you don't have to worry about it, does. We can just scoop here. <laughs> It's a, it's a fact of life for anybody listening. It's like the five pieces of Exodia. If your opponent has to read five or more of your cards mid-game, like, they may not scoop it up then, but internally, they have scooped up the game. Like, you will catch them in some sort of interaction, unless your cards are doo-doo. Let me, let me press <laughs> if your cards If your cards are more than a 7.5 out of 10 in terms of quality, and they have to read five of them the moment the fifth card is red you probably have game because they don't even know what you're doing much less know how to work around it now you know if you're rocking like like freaking peel off brigade or like something ass terrible and they have to read five of your cards it's probably because they're relevant if, if like you can gauge it off of their reaction if they read a card and they go oh okay that's pretty good know that you may have a little bit of room to be comfortable but if they read your card kind of give it the uh and put it down, and then you make five more plays, and they don't ask to read what anything else does, they're either incredibly dumb, or your deck shouldn't have ever been sleeved up. Rules of the trade, bro. It's just how it is. Yes, how sir. it is. So, yeah, so that that's that's basically the big up and ups with it. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, like I said, I'm not going to make a big secret out of it. Red U7 is probably what I'm going to be sleeving up, so... And of course, I'll be streaming my run. So whoever wants to check that out, you guys are welcome to join me. But um, that's uh, I'm excited for it. I think it's the best way the game can move forward, realizing that we're probably going to stick to a hybrid model of IRL and webcam events in the near future. So um, I think this is a good upgrade to that system. And it's very much welcome. And I'm excited to see um, where deck builders take it, how this changes up you know, the meta and what people expect to see. Um, and if anything, like maybe that, like, I think this even widens the gap between best of one and best of three. Like when we're doing meta analysis, you know, when, um, the crossword TCGs and the uni X's of the world do their breakdowns of what we saw at tournaments, I think, um, there's going to have to be that disclaimer (laughs) that, you know, uh, is this a best of one format or is this a best of three format? And those formats are going to look legitimately different. You can get an idea because a powerful deck that doesn't lose to sideboard hate will probably be represented on both sides. 
But there are some decks that cannot thrive in best of ones that will probably make their showing in best of threes. Whereas I think um, it was the inverse before. You saw decks that like would do extremely well in best of ones, but would have a very tough time in best of threes. And now we're seeing the inverse where some decks just can't do it in best of ones now, but in best of threes, they can definitely get there. So um, I think we're going to see a nice shift in how people talk about the meta, how the metas are going to shape out. And um, while we don't have a true two separate format game, you know, we don't have rotation or anything like that, or we don't have, you know, UW block is a side event format thing. It's not really, um, you know, a standard based format. When we're talking about standard competitive play, it's going to be interesting seeing how those two formats delineate from each other and kind of how the game evolves from there. So this, I, I agree with everything you said. It's kind of weird though, with pre-side now being a thing, right? I'm not going to front. If your deck could not thrive in pre-side best of one, I don't think you need to take your deck anywhere. Like, like, <laughs> like, if you could look, if you could look at your opponent's leader side before you sit down at the table and your deck just gets absolutely scooped up and put in the trash can. I mean, he, here, here. Uh, like, this is one of those decks where, like, like, um, VG time. He's a he's a content creator who plays in a, he streams. He creates decks and stuff. He's got this deck where, so we all know how the the time rules work, right? It's based on life. Like they don't we don't do draws anymore. It's based on life. It's based on battle cards from there. Blah blah blah. So he built the yellow life flip Frieza deck, where the entire intent of the deck is to go to time. And because Life Frieza can't take life, it is guaranteed to win in overtime. <laughs> that is a deck. That is a deck that will thrive in best of one format, <laughs> regardless of sides. I don't think you're ever taking it to best of three, but you know, like it's one of those decks where like some decks just do happen to do better in one format than another. <laughs> and like that's honestly, I'm not gonna no front. That is probably, like, uh, I would almost argue, a tier zero deck in this format. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this, all right? Yellow is so snapped that, uh, like, like in the words of The Rock, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what you're playing. Yellow. Look, yellow life Frieza. Operative word, yellow. True. That deck will do something. True, but, but and it wins against Icarus because Icarus takes its own life and this doesn't. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty, slanderous. I just um look, all you need to know is uh I have I have issues with yellow. Mm. Oh of course. It's gonna be a thing. I mean, I think uh well, what's the next topic? I don't want to get off on a tangent, especially if I might be touching on another topic that you're gonna use. <laughs> And before we start talking about yellow for like the six podcasts in a row. <laughs> hey man, look, my, my last video, I said, let's keep it concise. And I just pooped on it and I walked away. Okay. <laughs> um, the last thing basically that they talked about for the DBS Fest um, is uh, they showed off the foils. So the stamps are like fine. They're DBS Fest. I actually like the DBS Fest kind of logo. It's not too bad. I don't like stamps typically, but I actually kind of like the DBS Fest one. So I don't mind it too much. Um, the card section is pretty dope. The Kai is a little subdued. You can't really tell the difference at first. Um, but I think this is one of those where you're going to really be able to tell the difference when you see the cards in hand. 
Um, whereas the, the winner one will have like the proper gold foil stamping. Um, so th this is something we've seen where like, um, there, are there are some cards that don't come in gold foil stamping. So the, the SCR is a little bit weird because they typically do. So we'll, I think this is one of those where we'll just have to see, see what it looks like, see the differences. I think they will be better IRL than they are on there, but they're decent cards. Um, my biggest point of contention is the event pack. I think the event pack is pretty solid overall there. Like across the board, you know, like I think I, I, I joked about it uh, in an earlier podcast a few weeks ago, but like I've rescinded on that. I think in general, this is actually a pretty solid event pack, um, <clears throat> but I, I don't think I'm a fan of this foiling personally. Um, I think I, I think the card selection is dope, but I think the style is maybe the weakest we've ever gotten for an event pack. The silver streaks. Yeah, just the the streaks coming from the bottom left corner. Like I don't I don't think it's all that hot. Like it just. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't think Yo, it's. Yo, are you are you hating? Are you hating my guy? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Uh, uh, it's, it's just it's uh, just not my it's just not my thing. That it, it looks not great. I I mean maybe you know what maybe I just need these in my hand and maybe that that'll make the difference. But at the moment they're not. Not my preferred art style. <laughs> the uh, once again, I'm on like the, my favorite part about this podcast. This podcast allows me to be more of the rambunctious that you'll kind of. This is this is literally like a uh, a good seventy percent, like not halfway point, but a little further than that between what you'll see on my channel and how I am off screen. And what I gotta say is, when it comes to reprints like this, none of these are new cards. These are all reprints. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if the if the event stamp was a poop emoji. These are reprints of valid cards. And like, frankly, like if you're just like, you know, judging the aesthetic of it, like George's, that's cool. He's just evaluating the aesthetic. But if I ever hear someone complaining about a reprint Piccolo Jr. descendant, it's like get your bands up and buy the OG SPRs. Or shut the hell up and move on with your cards. Like it's just these are, <laughs> these are reprints, and they are going in. And I love this sort of thing because it'll bring down the higher parts of the market a little bit. It'll allow these lower parts of the market to be very cheap. Everybody will be able to get the cards they need, and it'll lead to people being able to play more decks. Like you are, you would be so surprised how many people sit going into tournaments with decks that they know aren't the best decks that they know like sometimes people get the wrong idea in their head they're like well you know if you want to play meta you'll buy meta and uh, if you come in here with a scrub deck you come in with a scrub deck okay but like look jonathan isn't here with sin shenron because he thinks it's the best deck jonathan is here with sin shenron because he's built the deck since day one he doesn't have to go and reinvest into another color and all he's had to really do is pick up a couple more cards from here till now and so he's here with Sinchenron. When you have so many reprints of valuable cards, you get more people being able to play the decks they want to play because of their budgets. And some people do have budgets. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I agree with George. Silver Streaks, kind of odd, but, um, you know, <laughs> it, Silver Streaks will get there. Yeah, it just, it looks like Splooge coming out of the corner. Like, if, if we're, like, not going to front. Like, it's just not a look. <laughs> no, 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 no. If they really wanted to screw with us, they, uh, they should have hit us with a Broly. With a, with a reprint of Broly the Awakened Demon? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, is that the card? Is that the card? The, the, I think it's oh, like uh, Demonic Embrace or something like that. 
Oh, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about, right? Where it's just his face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, with, the, with, like, the shattered glass or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, <laughs> if, they, if they hit us with that, like, if they literally hit us with that one, but with the silver streaks across the side. <laughs> pages, I would collect pages on uh, uh, But, yeah. But yeah, even me, like, I don't have a red again piece. I have one. And I played, there are a lot of red, red, uh, green decks that I play or have been wanting to play for stream. And I just didn't value Eradicator of Peace for the price they were at. So I was just like, I'll just wait. They'll get reprinted eventually. And I think, great pickup all across the board. Um, I know I made some objections about Higher Dragon and I still kind of do. Um, and I, and I realized I was mulling over it this past week. Um, because I know we also had made the, um, argument that, you know, uh, TPs would be a great way to replicate what OTS packs do and give people that max rarity option for their decks, right? And then Higher Dragon, we talked about, would be a super solid pick for, like, an OTS pack um, uh, to to kind of incentivize people to pick them up. And then, like, I was thinking of how it was funny how about we memed about the Higher Dragon in the event pack, but then talked about how it would be a great pickup as an OTS, quote-unquote, ultimate rare foil reprint. Um, if we if the TPs ever became that and I, and I think I, I recognize that um, It's probably just because of the purpose that the event packs serve in Being a place where people can pick up cards that have typically um, Needed reprints. So as a reprint Avenue, I feel like higher dragon was a whiff here but if the product was more represented as a way to bling out your decks and would have value behind it because event packs never hold their value. Event packs are almost worthless by the time competitive season is over because the, the market's flooded by, with them. So I, I think it might just be the intent of the pack that makes the higher dragon less appealing here than it would in um, an alternative pack that was meant to uh, lux out your deck. I, th I think it's kind of the what I what I came to realize on that front. This is this is facts. There's actually nothing for me to add on to that. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's how facts everything there was. It was a little <laughs> bit of a mess. Like, look, you can't you can't reprint Hero Dragon when you've already made Foil Sleepy Baby Dragon. Like yeah. they peaked, and then they made a reprint beneath the peak. I uh, <laughs> the that I Sleepy Dragon, like from a distance, just looks like a gold card too. Like just because of like the orange back, like it it is a very jarring card to see from a distance. <laughs> so yeah. uh. But yeah, that's uh, that's basically the gist of what's happening with DBS Fest. So positive changes all around. Um, and if anything, like this is a huge write up. Like if you guys haven't actually bothered doing the reading the the write up that they wrote, um, I'm not gonna reread it all here. But I definitely recommend you guys to go check out their Facebook page. Like, if anyone has the audacity to say Bandai doesn't listen, you guys are wild. And Bandai has been listening for an incredibly long time. They have always imposed changes that the community has pushed for. Just sometimes you see them later because card games are developed months in advance. Sets are developed months in advance. You're not always going to see those changes right away. But like Bandai listens, man. Like and and even if they and even if they quote unquote listen, they didn't have to justify it by giving us five to six paragraphs of explanations. So like kudos to Bandai. Um, I know the community is not easy to deal with, and like them listening and responding in the way they do has been phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, yes, I had a little bit of a rant towards the end of my last video. I heard. I was basically just like, 
Oh, you heard it. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. You're one of those content creators that watches other people's content. Good <laughs> on you, my guy. It was just like, um, it's just so stupid. Like, people, people just don't seem to understand that, like, Bandai does listen. And like, like George just said, there is a curve to the to when cards are developed when they're printed and things like that which makes it even funnier when people say have certain like notions like um on my channel i just put up a video selfless plug shameless plug shameless self plug (laughs) there we go when um there's no such thing as a selfless plug is there i don't think so the point is though (laughs) people were talking about green needing some help green needing to be fixed and it's funny to me because the reason why i put like in my little facebook post like this is what I think every color needs to go through to uh, be better balanced next format. And then in parentheses, I said, except green, sorry, you're too far behind is because looking at the changes I was like thinking about, and it is a good video if I don't say so myself. So go look at that if you haven't already, but (laughs) um, going through those changes, there's nothing that could come off the ban list that makes green skyrocket up in power. Nope. And because there's nothing that can come off the ban list to shake up Green's game, combined with the fact that most cards are designed and starting to be put into print about four or five months ahead of time. They're like designed like four or five months ahead of time. They're put into print like maybe a couple months before. There is no way <laughs> that this set could bring Green back. There just isn't. Unless we get a promo set, like next tournament set and next TP. Like it, it, actually it's it, that that's not this set. So yeah, between this TP, the tournament p- card that we just saw and uh, this card set, those are all the new cards and none of them are bringing, like there are some cool text, but none of them are bringing green to the forefront of the metagame and nothing on the ban list coming off to do that either. So when I say that, sorry, green, you were too far behind. I mean it. We will have to wait until next set for green to be stupid or even competitive. Like, unless we get like some Zamasu the Eliminator type BS for green, like sometime down the competitive format. And even then, I think that would actually be the next set. So yeah, <clears throat> it's it's unfortunate. But I think that if handled correctly, the ban list could probably make everybody kind of twerk a little harder in the competitive format minus green. Um, it's just that I do also think that it's going to be a little rough for them to moderate yellow. Yellow is uh, the untamed thicket. And when I say that yellow is like gross, let me just key you in on this. And if you don't believe me, just test hard enough and I swear you'll catch up. Like, love you, boo. But um, you could ban most relevant cards that yellow has out right now and yellow would still play next format. <laughs> uh, there are archetypes are so good. Like if you just, yeah. Yeah, George is not wrong. Like if you, like, look, we can already kind of assume that Turles and Steadfast almost have diplomatic immunity. If those cards got touched, I would be very, very surprised because they're so new. There's no, like, Sand Showdown already was kind of a weird set in terms of sales. Um, I don't know how it's sell, sold in terms of, like, Bandai's views, but I can tell you that from a player standpoint, that was a, you went to your pre-release and you were, like, you may have bought a case if you're a collector and you needed that pan, but, like, it just was not a chase set. Boxes were selling for $10, $15 less than their MSRP. Bro, let, let, let me hit you with this before. Like, yeah, let me hit you with this before. Like, you know, SCR is ignored because there's like four SCRs in the set. There are two SRs worth $12 right now between Steadfast and Turles. 
every other SPR and SR in the set currently is worth $4 or less. That that's that's the state wow. of Saiyan Showdown post release. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's it's a hard neg set. <laughs> it is pull pan or bust. Actually, uh you pull SS4, you kinda of, you, you kinda of pull out pretty okay too. But yeah, if you don't pull a secret, the set uh -oh. is a hard neg. Yeah, I mean, literally, I there there's only a couple cards you can pull that don't make the set an egg. So Santa Showdown wasn't really profitable. So my thing is, <clears throat> give me a moment. I'm getting back on the rails. Yeah, sorry, sorry about my that. Main, it was just it was too good of an interjection. <laughs> oh no, no, you're good. You are so good. My main thing is, uh, I was talking about the sales. <laughs> I was <talking> about where, <laughs> where, where the stuff was, uh was in terms of money um <clears throat> huh. all right let, let me help let, let me help with the rewind here so you're talking about um you know where where yellow and all the other decks are placing the format oh, um yeah, yeah, and then you talked about I'm, how I'm, saying I'm showdown back. all right cool i'm back I'm, I'm, I'm on top of it now. i got you i got <laughs> you so we can assume that turles and steadfast have diplomatic immunity because there's i don't think there's like there's no shot they're going to kneecap the uh they're going to kneecap the only cards worth the value in the set so turles and uh steadfast they're both super new that was really loud they're they're super new and so i just don't believe that they're going to just snap those in half but like the thing is um had a play group that's been testing without power of a super sand <laughs> that's been testing you know without like you know it's, ah, it, it, it's crazy when you when you talk about banning power of a super sand and the homies start testing without power of a super sand and people are still getting put in dumpsters <laughs> it's scary yeah it is scary you can put power of a super sand out final flash will hurt but most people tech final flash at two like to be honest to hurt yellow you need to touch the slug that stops people from getting out of like bounds. Um, you need to honestly on it. Like I know lots of people are just like, well, it's a fringe card. SS4 annihilation needs to go. That card's Absolute pretty annihilation. That, that card needs to go. Like my main issue with yellow and um, I'll repeat it here, but there's much more in that video. So again, go watch the video. Yellow is crazy right now. Absolutely crazy. Yellow has floodgates in the form of proposed slug. Annihilation slug stops people from drawing. Annihilation stops people from playing free cards. And you might think that's good, but defensive free cards are definitely essential to the game because defending has always been less advantageous than attacking. So defensive cards that are kind of free kind of help balance that, you know? And SS4 Annihilation kind of hurts your free like plays, like your free defensive plays, your negates, things like that. Um, they've got freaking like just counterplays out the wazoo but that's their identity to begin with so i don't really mind that as much but now they also have destruction dragon fist and turles are powerhouses and then you move through the fact that when you ask yourself how do you get around these built-in color floodgates and you're like well you know there's vegeta's final flash there's uh <laughs> there's, 
<laughs> Vegeta's final flash is pretty good. There's uh, Vegeta striving to be the best is pretty good. Um, but they're playing all that that free-ish. You know, you can use SS4 Annihilation. It was on the list, but it's also, you know, the, the cure and the cancer. And then you've also got Slug, which stops people from just making these stupid, huge, and then you think about it, and it's all in yellow. When yellow's best counter are other yellow decks, that what, what is that? Like, the rest of the format's just sitting here starving, looking at, like, man, I wish I could play with the big boys. And that's just, like, that, that, it's not cool. Like, there are so many things you'd have to hit before yellow could calm the heck down. And even if you were to ban Power of Super Saiyan right now, ban Slug, and ban Annihilate. Next set, Trunks and Zamasu are still going to be up, up in people's cheeks doing dumb stuff. Yeah. So yeah. how do you how do we touch this? It's gonna be really scary. Like now, granted, there are some ripple effects. You hurt some of the extra cards, and you know, they have to actually play energy for Black Kamehameha. Black Kamehameha snapped in half. Um, not having a free extra card allows Riposte to slow down. They could lim- semi-limit Riposte. That would help things. It's just, the part I'm most afraid about is there's no easy way to touch yellow. You're going to have to hit it hard, and that's going to upset people. Um, yeah. It's going to upset a lot of people. And it's it's tough because I don't think yellow, and I've heard this a lot from a lot of competitors, it's not like we think yellow is, in the grand scheme of things, holistically like completely absurd right like the things it's doing aren't insane in a vacuum it is the fact that it just is incredibly consistent at doing it and does a whole lot of it so everyone i've talked to has said yellow should be tuned but i don't know how you tune yellow without it not still being as absurd so like i don't I don't know. It, it, it sucks because I do feel like, like you're saying, like it, it might feel like we might actually just have to neuter the color because the card pool has too many good cards, um, which sucks because I don't think anyone feels like yellow needs to be like wiped out of the face of the format, right? Like this isn't like a, this isn't a one-two swap type situation. Um, this isn't a Super Shenron type situation. This is very much the case of just having too many good cards. So it's like, how, how do you hurt that without killing it? But if you don't kill it, it's basically still best in format. And it's just like, ugh. I mean, it's a, and it's such a tough solve. It is, and one of the main issues I'm finding <clears throat> is that um, like Bandai kind of worked themselves into a corner because this would not be the same if they did not print a couple cards. Steadfast and Turlish should not cantrip. Like I understand, yeah. like look, Giant Ball is Giant Ball for a reason. You can't combo with it. It's an extra card, but you can tap some stuff and you can draw a card. Steadfast should not draw become a blocker like it should not draw become a blocker and then on top of becoming a blocker like be able to just tap something and then you know if you don't ever need it it could still be a counter for your inevitable shotgun behind champa oh yeah that's another thing cooler needs to get the hell up out of here <laughs> it's overall overall the main issue is there's so many cards you need to hit like to to tune yellow like three four cards need to go on the ban list and that would feel i know a lot of people would have a problem with that like if tomorrow they just straight up were like all right the format saved power of super zan ban annihilation ban slug ban and dun, da, 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 cooler ban and bt Bergamo. Ban people will be like, 
what the fuck is this? Like, 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 I don't think anybody, like, yes, I would be happy, but I would also be looking at that list like, wow, like, y'all could have through yellow list. Like, but at the same time, the worst part is that would lead to a much healthier format. Like, yellow can still tap down all your ish. Yellow can still tap down your ish and follow it up with a turtles. What yellow is not going to do is completely control the board while forcing you to not be able to add cards from your deck to your hand. What they're not going to do is lock you out of your sparking negates and make all of your extra cards, if you play them, cost more. They won't be able to hit you with specific floodgates that only yellow has access to, but they're still going to be able to do whatever yellow does. So to be honest, as whack as that would be, I think that would balance the game a lot more. Um, Like... I just, I just sometimes they don't test how their cards work, and it's just evident. Like Power of Super Saiyan being a free card and countering some of the best cards they made in the same set. It's like why, what, what possessed you to think that Divine Presence should come into the same battle phase? In the same battle phase, somebody should for free be able to just tap it, be like, "No, nah, I'm good," and be like, "All right." My boss card just got free played out. That's that's excellent, actually. I love that. <laughs> like this is and then, didn't even cost the, them a card. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they just they can't trip. <laughs> like you, you pay two energy. You combo two cards, pay two energy, and they went free and then tapped your shit down. Like and and that's that's the that's the beauty about yellow. And like like George was saying, like the deck the cards aren't broken individually, but you just never really run out of cards. I went into it on the video about the tournament coverage. Um, Gogeta Zeno barely beat Rios in the finals. Gogeta Zeno was down at three or two cards in deck, and Rios lost by 5K. So let me just put it out there. And the most aggressive deck in the format ran through almost every single card in his deck and won a shotgun by 5K. Yeah. 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 Like that that's this is what I'm talking about. Like the the sheer stopping power of yellow is is ridiculous. If yellow can stop your entire push one time, two times a game, that's cool. But when yellow can do that consecutively four turns in a row and then foo you on top of the turn, <laughs> like that that's not that's not Gucci, bro. That's not Gucci. And it's like well, well, you know, there are one of and there. Look, if they were drawing enough cards to sequentially lock you out of doing damage for three turns straight, I guarantee you they drew into their one of unless they were in life two. That foo, it's in hand. That SCR, it's in hand. Like, so yeah, this ban list is gonna, it's gonna have to slap, or you're looking at yellow being the dominant color for the third list in a row. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, even just. Here. Even just looking at the top 16, we're not going to talk about it too much because it's just like same old, same old format. Nothing on here really shocks me. Um, I think, I guess Soul Striker switching to a red pivot to deal with Icarus better is kind of hot. Um, two blue-red Soul Strikers in the top 16. But uh, six Icarus decks composing of about 40% of the top 16 is absolutely absurd. Um, and like, but the rest of the format look the same. Like, like you have your Soul Strikers, you got that. You have your Yellow Golden, your Android 21, your Android 16, your Gogeta can cold, which is shown that the deck can get there. Vegex that can get there if it high rolls a day. And then Jiren is probably like the weirdest one here. But even then, Jiren has had a few like odd tops here and there. So I don't know. Like, I don't really care that much to talk about 
like top cuts in this format anymore because they all look the same. <laughs> like it is. Are we, yeah. I mean, are we are we gonna call Soul Striker Red Blue Soul Striker? Or are we just gonna call it Invoker Soul Striker because it was dead ass the Invoker package <laughs> in a Soul Striker deck. Like his man was playing Rival Seekers. He killed a dude with Cat Blow. I was like, nice deck, dude. I mean, granted, <laughs> I, I, I applaud you. It was cool that you were running it, but it was just like like. <laughs> uh, in the in the more in the larger scheme of the meme of soul striker being soul striker we are once again at a point where we can just be like what if hear me out what if we just played this deck but with this leader and it, and it works yeah that's I, I don't know I, I still hear some people saying like yeah they're not gonna do it he's in the collector set i'm like y'all y'all have way too All much right. trust in the collector set <laughs> i i came to a conclusion once again gone in my self-proclaimed award-winning video um that i released today please watch it I'm, I'm i'm giving you guys half the secrets please just watch it support me but um they can't touch soul striker unfortunately um i just thought about it like they can touch soul striker but if they touch soul striker you might as well just put a gun to blue's face and just yes, sir yep um because i like soul striker is the hands down best best blue leader that's in the game generically does what it needs to do gets people out of the way you recycle energy now if you notice no other blue deck is topping it's just not happening no so if you if you kill soul striker you are effectively removing blue from the entire format yeah and um, you're not just doing it for one format you're doing it until they release a better blue leader and let's face it sets come out about three to four months between each other so chances are set 17 is already designed they are doing some fine tuning maybe maybe they're doing some preliminary testing i don't know what testing looks like in bandai headquarters maybe they just like shine flashlights at it and test the foil um <laughs> certainly not the effects but chances are these cards are set in stone so if they were to ban soul striker right now you were potentially looking at half a year where we don't have blue yeah like here's the thing like it, it'll it'll sound absurd but i don't even think the issue to fix blue is a leader right like getting rid of soul striker i don't think inherently what we need are better leaders because we've had some half decent leaders um what we need are cards like it's gonna be wild because it's banned it's, it's eroded now but we're gonna need cards like buster can uh, i think it's called buster cannon right the the blue bojack card that got eroded uh, um i'm galactic buster galactic buster yeah, yeah yeah so we we need a like here's the thing um and sublet talks about it so like eloquently um whenever it comes up but effectively what galactic buster is it solved an issue for blue um because blue inherently has issues dealing with board um anytime you have a blue deck can deal with board it's because it's splashing into other colors to be able to do that so you're using yellow for arrivals you're using red for arrivals blue always gets paired because inherently blue can't deal with board um and galactic buster gave decks the opportunity to actually interact and when galactic buster was around we had five to six viable blue decks now there's an argument to be made that like every blue deck was running galactic buster but that if anything that just showcases the issue with blue at the moment and highlights it 
Um, but nevertheless, yes, every deck was running for that. But like for how long were red decks always running four of Topos? You know, how, how long are yellow decks running four Power Super Saiyan, four Repose, four? Like, so clearly that's not an issue, right? Like the, the decks run staples. That's just the thing. So, but nevertheless, we saw five to six. We saw um, all the generic blue leaders, uh, Vegito, SS3, Soul Striker. Uh, we saw SS4 Ramp. Um, you know, like, uh, and even then, the fringe blue decks were inherently way more playable because now their strategies were able to flourish because they had ways to deal with board where this game is immensely board centric, especially when we're dealing with crap like Slug and stuff like that. So, um, but now we got rid of Galactic Buster. So now what can blue do? Well, blue has to take the only thing it does extremely well, which is things like hand advantage and value by. Uh, energy manipulation and it is forced to take the one deck that sets that to 11 which is soul striker so just off the back of being able to do sane instincts for free to be able to awaken early and being able to be two energy up every single one of your opponents turn three onwards and effectively closing out the game using 10 more energy than they did is basically the only thing blue can really do right now to compete and it is ridiculous that blue needs to be 10 energy up their opponent by the end of the match to be able to win like that is absurd <laughs> so it's just like so it's that 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 is the inherent issue with blue right now so you get rid of soul striker and you get rid of blues only means to be able to push its advantage far enough that it is viable at the table now nevertheless i do think blue is still unexplored in the sense that people don't explore other blue leaders enough i think there are a few that will still do well if they high roll things like the seten zamasu is still a deck that could get there if people aren't expecting it and uh, if it high rolls for the day stuff like that but nevertheless consistently we are not seeing blue at the top and final note i don't want to hear anybody in the comments or come at me and be like well Android 21 and 16 where those aren't blue decks those are blue green decks that use like like over 80% of their deck are archetype cards or blue green cards. Okay, those are not inherent blue decks. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me tell you, yeah, the uninformed masses about a couple of things. You hear me? All right. Um, if you go back to the chapter I like to call uh, color identity series, it's a four part series. You should definitely go look at that too. Um, blue, like George said, has fundamental issues. But the main thing I dislike about blue is they pigeonhole themselves. Being the only color that has consistent draw on half their cards, being the only color that deals around untapping energy, Bandai has rightfully so been afraid to give them pound for pound, uh, pound for pound, the same amount of like bombs as other colors because you mm -hmm. play four drop in red and you just potentially like died the next turn. If your opponent has gas after you've made your push, you're gone. That's why cards like Hit were so good because they were effectively neutering your opponent's ability to clap back at you while progressing your board state. Now, blue is the only color in the game that can drop a four-drop bomb and then open up half their energy between the end of their turn and your turn. I mean, like, these, these guys are playing Majin Buu Unison plus zeroing, swinging at you, and then, you know, you open up your turn, and they, they made a four-cost play, and they have three energy open on your turn. And because of this, they can't give them the same bombs. So most of Blue's top-end stuff is so overcosted because Blue's the only color that can play that amount of energy and do that thing. And this inherently hurts all the Blue leaders because if a Blue leader doesn't untap energy, he can't play Blue cards the way Blue cards were designed to be played. 
any blue deck that can't make excess energy is a blue deck that goes, wow, I'm actually tapping four for this shit. Yeah. That, um... Yeah, that doesn't feel too good. <laughs> so you start gravitating towards the blue decks that can untap their shit. Soul Striker, doing God's work, untapping energy all the time. Zabasu specifically works because you're using Xeno in unison. You were gaining an extra energy per turn. And with that energy, he can either turn it into a second draw and a second swing with the leader. He can turn it into a bottom deck. But you were actually playing with more energy plus blue. And that allows you to play on curve and still use untapped things like Sensu Bean. It's just, you have to be able to, just the way they design blue, you have to be able to untap more than the average leader to do this. And since they don't make every blue leader untapped, not every blue leader is usable. And that's unfortunate. Um, in the video I just did today, I just said that we don't need cards to power creep Soul Striker. Soul Striker is too generic, in my opinion. We need cards that do better effects than Soul Striker, but not as wide effects. Like, yeah. it's just, it is that. Like, would you play a leader that doesn't draw, but it untapped three energy? I'm not saying that's a good idea. Uh. <laughs> but, like, just, just hear me out on that one. Like, we can have things that do more extremes but don't just do as wide as Soul Striker, you know? Soul Striker can awaken at high life, and blue is a color that can protect its life fairly well, um, unless you're playing red. If you're playing red, I mean, go in, fam. But, like, it, it's just... Ah. Blue has some design issues, and unfortunately, the only way I think they can get around the design issues is if they specifically try to, like, change blue fundamentally. And we're kind of late in the game. Like, we are kind of late in the game for that. <laughs> like, I think we yeah. really are. Yeah, I um, I agree. I think it's just the design of blue inherently. Because, like, they have to design with the idea that blue gets two-ish extra energy every turn. You know, guaranteed with Soul Striker and kind of-ish between Dimension Magic and Beans with other, you know, other blue generic blue decks. So, the entire design of blue was created with these restraints or restrictions in mind which means that you get rid of those tools you know in uw only format getting rid of being dimension magic in um in a world where they ban soul striker getting rid of the only viable leader that can do the blue stuff consistently um and now you're in a spot where it's just like well now my entire card pool is designed behind this thing that i can't consistently do yet and even then um my effects aren't as powerful as things that other colors are doing in the color because I'm paying an overcost for them because X Y Z. So, um, so it's it's tough because I do need I do think Soul Striker needs to go, but I think it needs to be one of those things where I need to time it between when they realize they're gonna try and fix blue, and they bring in the new stuff and then ban them before that stuff comes in, and then like now you're in a position where they've opened up design space, blue can be uh, developed more freely because I do think he needs to be banned on design front for sure. You know, if, if Mecha Frieza and Yellow Broly went for those similar reasons, he's got to go. Um, and I love the leader, so it's not like it's coming from a place of spite. Um, but I think in terms of the health of the long-term health of Blue, that's just kind of like the future we need to look at and probably accept for that leader moving forward. So, I definitely agree. It's, um, no, I definitely, I definitely agree on that one. It's, it's so it's just so weird it's 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 such a weird thing because like it's not broken enough to be banned off of brokenness but like you said it limits design space 
Um, they definitely need to make some good replacements. We can't have Soul Striker go as is. It'll it'll fall to green levels of stupidity. Um, and nobody wants that. Like if Soul Striker gets banned right now, we're essentially looking at a yellow black format. If like yellow doesn't get touched the way it does or it needs to, and if black doesn't get trimmed. And black, honestly, black does need to get trimmed because we are at a point where like Gogeta Zeno is almost in the Vegex slash Dark Broly spot. Like, why are you playing a black leader that's not Gogeta Zeno? If you can convince me, it works. But chances are you can't. Like yeah. most of the other things you want to do, like you want to play control, pick another color. Like, don't talk to me about like Zeno Sand. It has cards, but it doesn't quite have enough. Um, don't like you could play a kind of a tempo Vegex, but realistically you can play other colors to better like effects for those same kind of roles unless you want to play aggro and if you're playing aggro it's because he doesn't know so there's a lot of trimming that needs to go around but yeah soul striker is literally carrying blue on his back right now um in fact as of next set i am willing to estimate that goku will be holding two colors on his back in terms of the meta and that will be red and blue um and don't get me wrong i don't actually think UI Goku is going to break the format unless, um, I don't think it's going to stomp the meta unless yellow gets dealt with accordingly. If yellow gets dealt with hard enough, I think, uh, I think this is going to have a chance to shine, but as it is, I, as much as I like UI, just stress testing some of the new decks. Like I've said it before in our podcast, I have posed seven to nine attacks per turn for three turns straight. And there just got to a point where I was like, this guy still has a grip of 15. He's only used four power of a Super Saiyan, and he's charged one steadfast. I haven't seen a repost yet. I think I'm going to lose. Like, I looked at the number of cards <laughs> in my deck, and I was like, I simply cannot keep drawing long enough. Like, your leader actually is, like, almost a mandatory. You draw two cards, and then you have to, like, warp one. Like, I literally can't swing with my leader. I like it, it just got to a point where I was like, I can no longer press this man. And so I scooped. Like, and if if that deck can do that, if if black trunks can get to that point, if we are looking at, you know, Gogeta Zeno fishing for one of four cards in his last four cards of his deck, I am not quite sure if Burst Goku is going to be able to go that long in a game. Yeah. Yeah. So yellow needs to yellow needs to calm the hell down. I'm not even saying like Burst Goku can't swing. Burst Goku can swing. I'm saying I don't know if Burst Goku can sit there for eight turns and still have a deck, even at 60 cards. Yeah. Which, like, every deck for Burst Goku, guys, for those guys who haven't been really like appropriately test building, should 100% be 55 to 60 cards. Um, I, I think you are playing way too close to the sun if you're not <laughs> leaning on the higher end of the deck building restraints for that one. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that's the channel our take. Uh, of course, that's our, our weekly, here's why we hate yellow in the format <laughs> chat, <laughs> along with just, uh, just general consensus around, uh, you know, the new best of one format, um, what tournaments are looking like right now and what things are going to look like in March. So I'm very excited. Um, you know, the big things now are just, I think we're going to get a couple of more of these PBG events, which is cool. At least it keeps, you know, it, it's basically the kickstart, even though it's not Bandai official, it's still the kickstart to kind of the competitive season, which is cool. So seeing people do meta breakdowns and stuff like that are things I'm really excited for. Um, I'm excited for Battle Hour um, just to showcase the God Rick. Well, I mean, again, it's still a prediction, but I, I think 
it, it would make sense that the place where we have the most eyes of non dragon like non dragon ball tcg players would be that kind of event so that's exciting and then um dbs fest is something definitely i'm looking forward to now i mean i was looking forward to it before but you know um it being an event that should cap out and have more people participate now that the event has uh, opened up its format it's exciting and best of one uh pre-side which um all the locals i'm playing at at the moment are testing out that format so gonna be trying out for the first time there which is gonna be a lot of fun so i'm excited for that hell yeah um so with that said those are our main topics for today uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the sc mailbag of course if you guys want to submit a question to the show you guys are welcome to tweet at us with the hashtag sc mailbag or to jump on our discords uh, there is the section sc mailbag in my lounge discord you guys can go ahead and ask your questions there and you'll have your questions answered on the show so we do have a few that we didn't end up getting to last episode because what I suspected being our shorter episode ended up being the longest episode we ever recorded. <laughs> so uh, we'll just go ahead and jump onto those for today. So kicking us off, we have our first question from Slasher XR8. Question, between the most important things that need to be done in Super, what is the one thing that needs most attention? Reboot leaders, balance, archetype, reprints, erratas, bans, and limits. And how do you truly feel about the current state of the meta compared to previous years? <clears throat> Can you repeat that one more time? That was kind of a long one. Uh, basically, what aspect of the game do we think needs the most attention? So between things like balance, um, how archetypes are created, uh, the reprints, or, you know, the banned and limited list, um, what, what, what needs the biggest attention? Can I go? Yeah, go for it. It's design. Um, so I don't know who you is, and I first off want to thank you for putting <laughs> something in the mailbox, the the you know the mailbag. But um, out of your list of like four or five points, half of them immediately get yeeted if you have proper design. Proper design and testing will avoid erratas and bans. <laughs> like that's just kind of how things go, and things will slip through the cracks. But yeah, like if if things are tested in a way that they should be. You don't have to go and go, ah, shit, like, we really overtuned this card because some of these things will be caught on the testing floor. They won't even be put on real cards before somebody's like, you know, a free card that taps a unison or a battle card in the battle that also draws you a card but also can be used as a negate if you don't want to use it as a free. That's kind of snap. And they'd be like, you know what? You might be right. Or somebody could have been like, hey, look, uh, Ultra Instinct Goku is that dude, but Blue has absolutely no outs to this card in this format. Like, help. And then they might have been like, okay, <laughs> wait a second. Let's make a three-cost arrival card or something, or a three-cost card that maybe ignores Barry. Maybe like a four-cost card. I don't know when how you want to answer it. But they could have maybe gave, given Blue a higher-costed out to, to that card. Because like, if anything can prove it, like Gen Con, I just faced five blue matchups and you just resolved as many copies of Divine Presence as you could. Yeah, you just look at it. Game. They're just like, wow, I'm getting swung on a lot, aren't I? Yep. Do you have them gates? Yep. Next turn, do you still have them gates? Nope. All right, we'll drop them cards. Uh, I only have so much combo power. Where's Hatch? <laughs> like, like that's, yeah. that's just kind of how it went. And so, yeah, I think it's, 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 a couple of yours can be rolled up in in one, like how they build archetypes, stuff like that. I I consider that design and testing, R and D. 
R&D needs to be better because then less of your cards end up slipping through the cracks, less of your cards end up becoming toxic, and um, you don't need to change so much after the fact. Yeah, uh, 100%. I think I think on my front, it's like, I agree with everything Chris said. I think if I had to pick, I would just say immediately it's probably the ban list. Um, I think we the format needs to be quote-unquote fixed in a way that it feels a little more spread out and not as... Um, kind of gate kept by yellow but um beyond that absolute immediate need i think it's 100 design also i think um go back to the room and try and find that balance like you know take notes from some of your sets that were um really successful but didn't completely warp the game around them you know i think supreme rivalry is a set i keep on going back to talking about like that was a set that introduced some great archetypes a lot of playable cards um maybe a little bit too archetypey, you know, like, you know, King Cole, for example, being a deck that's like 90% archetype cards, like maybe a little bit too, t- you know, deck spice, but like in general, you know, it, it, they had playable leaders that still see play today, that still see tops today. Um, they had good solid SRs that were represented in a multitude of decks, but it didn't warp the game the same way set 10, set 11 did. So I think, I, I think looking back on sets like those and recognizing what did them well, but uh, you know, um, trying to understand where the current meta is at the moment and where it could go from there is probably the biggest thing. So yeah, I think I think design, like I said, catches like three different aspects between balance, archetypes, bands, erratas, and yada yada. And that's probably what the game needs the most right now. So all right. Well, I mean, I didn't even think to to differentiate between the immediate need. I mean, immediately, yes, the band list. Things need to get shot. Club tap your shit needs to be shot indiscriminately. There will be casualties that people didn't want, but overall, the the club was kind of sketch, and uh, it was in a bad part of the neighborhood, and there was some there was some some bad people taken out. So look, yeah, uh, that's true. No, I, I feel that. I definitely feel that. Yeah. Um, as a second part, how do you feel about the current state of the meta? I mean, every single podcast so far, like the, this, this podcast is like the complaint about yellow podcast featuring the super combo podcast, <laughs> but, um, you should, you should have a general idea of what our ideas of the meta are. But like, if we're trying to compare to previous years, I actually think nevertheless, it's, it's still a skill intensive format and it's actually a pretty fun format. Like it's frustrating because we've kind of just been in the same like limbo for the past couple of sets now so it feels like it's been forever but if we're trying to look at it retrospectively and holistically as the game like it's a pretty good spot right like it's not degenerate to the levels of one two swap you know there's no tier zero decks there's a deck that's incredibly tier one upon you know beyond belief but we're not at a spot like those where it's like it felt stupid to play the game um right out of the gate on turn one so i think i think in general it's not the best format we've ever had but i think honestly if you tune a couple things you tune yellow you bump up green um and i think we're actually maybe arguably in the best format this game has ever had or at least um rivaling what i consider to be the best format the game ever had which was search format so all right i will i'll hit you with this i'll hit people with this pretty hard all right y'all y'all may not want to hear this I'm going to put that out there. Y'all may not want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of skill, this format has never, like, th- there have been very few times in the game where the skill cap for a format has been this high. Yeah. Um, If you were playing yellow versus yellow, 
you were in for some of potentially the most skill-intensive matches that this game has ever had. Um, there's a whole bunch of options. Both players are able to have a whole bunch of options. There are outs to each other's outs to each other's outs within this color. The issue with this format isn't its level of skill intensity, but its level of breathing room for decks to survive. Um, right now, you are essentially looking at Soul Striker, Gogeta Zeno, or Icarus. And if not, you're really just looking at an uphill battle that you don't technically even need to fight. You are going in with a handicap if you are not playing one of those decks. Um, Cell Surge is still a very strong deck, but it is one of the easiest decks to hate on right now. And uh, unfortunately, all the, well, very fortunately, actually, all the hate is generic. So um, that's just kind of that. But um, yeah, it's, that's my main take on the format. It's not good if you like being able to play a different deck every tournament. But if you want to know interactions, if you want to know that your time spent just testing your Soul Striker or your Icarus deck or your Gogeta Zeno deck, your time spent is going to directly translate to how well you do. This is one of those formats. You pick up Icarus and you know your matchup in and out and you watch how the meta shifts. You know which text to put in. You know how to side correctly. You're going to see success. And that is the mark of a skill intensive format. Yeah, 100%. All right. So moving on to the next question. Um, Neek asks, what are your best memories from a set release? Anyone pull an SCR, bought one too many boxes, have a deck that they were hyped for but ended up being unplayable? Um, I don't I don't really think I do, to be honest. I think in that maybe that's just because like I... I consume the game in such a different way than typical people because I make content around it. Um, so like sets are like not fresh, fresh to me on release. Um, and like, I kind of know what the meta is going to look like beforehand. So, uh, I guess my best set release would probably be the first one, which was set four, I think is when I came in. So just because that was like my first real interaction with like my local game store and experiencing. So I think on that front, it would probably be that. Um, but in general, every set release is a good time for me. I think, um, I really enjoy pre-release. Uh, it's unfortunate that sealed isn't a format that's actually like super viable as a side format in our game outside of just doing it for the for the shits of doing it. Um, but I love pre-release. I think uh, I think it's a great way to dig or dig around with everyone at the at the game store. Um, play with leaders that we would never dare play with uh, outside of the pre-release. And um, funny enough, like yeah, I think it's pre-releases. If, if we're uh, pre-releases in general, are probably my favorite memories. Like there are some leaders that are absolutely broken in pre-release format. Like if you get Doctor Euro in pre-release format in in like a pre-release format sealed you're actually broken because it is guaranteed removal every single turn like it's actually busted um so i I think that's the most fun i would say just pre-releases in general have always been a great time for me in terms of just being able to play the game in a way that is more casual more fun that we don't typically get to experience just because of the nature of our game i dig it i definitely dig it um in terms of memory my favorite memory is a pull memory um, because I, like I said, a bunch of times in content all over the place, I stopped playing after set six and didn't get back into the game until set 11. But I came back to a pre-release in set nine 
shook hands with all the homies. Um, I was actually seeing a, a fellow weeb at the time. So she was like, yeah, I don't really want to go home yet. So I'll go to your pre-release. I was like, mm, bold choice, Cotton. See how it pays off. Like, <laughs> you know, you never want to take <laughs> Like, I mean, if you take her to a card shop and she still likes you at the end of the day, she's a keeper. Uh, the fact that I'm no longer dating her, that, that, that sentence didn't even make sense. But you should at least weigh it <laughs> in your decisions on, uh, you know, value. And I went to the pre-release and managed to pull Apex. And, like, when I tell you I bought a box and opened it, took out the Invoker pieces, because I thought if I was going to play, it would be Invoker. Took out the Invoker pieces and still was able to, because I, I pulled SPR Cooler. I pulled a whole bunch of crap. And I told I told it up the sales based off of uh, just people pre-selling and stuff like that. I had made more than the box back. So I bought another box, opened it, pulled out all the Invoker stuff. I had made more than the box back. So I pulled a third box, pulled <laughs> Apex, and was like, huh. Well, I can't play Invoker now. I'm selling everything. <laughs> and then, then I proceeded to go like home, and a week later... Like, I saw Target had broken the street date. I bought eight packs, and I pulled freaking Cell. (laughs) Oh, my God, my guy. What the heck? Everybody in the DMV chat was like, you don't even play here. Get out. Leave. They were just, like, so upset. Like, wait for me just to come in there, take Apex from somebody that probably could have actually used it, sell it for, like, at that, when it dropped, it was, like, 300 I guess it was so expensive Ugh. and then turn around and get sell Zeno and sell that too like they were just like why are you choosing us like I gave sell <laughs> Zeno for my homie like hookup but um at the same time it was just kind of like it, it, people people were a little upset they were a little upset and I get that like when somebody comes in and they, they're not even playing your game bro like why <laughs> why yeah. like why are they pulling so broken and granted, since I've been back, I have not pulled anywhere near that in any pre-release whatsoever. None of my boxes. Now that I'm playing, they're like, ah, oh, we got you back, bitch. <laughs> It'd be a shame if we were to <laughs> take that RNG slider all the way down to shit city. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I haven't pulled a natural secret rare since. Yeah, bro. Apex was expensive. I mean, like, in hindsight, like, it was, like I netted just because of the value of Apex at the moment, so it's like whatever. But like, I had to buy that stu- thing on day one because I had like an event that same weekend that I released. Oh, that was that was a painful. Well, like it's, I draw like in that deck, is like sixty percent SR. Like I don't understand why I decided like this archetype. Well, I mean I get why because it's UI Goku. They're like this archetype. Yeah, 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 yeah. This archetype. Fuck that shit up with all the SRs. <laughs> like it is oh, every dude, single wow. card in that deck is an SR, and I don't understand why. <laughs> dude, it's um, it's kind of wild. It's like they did just like the Vegetas were expensive. Freaking Royal Combination was expensive. That stuff was funny too. I pulled and out of one of that was why the first box was so lit because I pulled my SPRs were literally Cooler Tyrannical Assault and Royal Condemnation. And I was like, oh, I should keep... And I saw that Royal Condemnation was like 50 or 60 on release. And I was like, you know what? You can go too. You and Cooler <laughs> can go. That's the box right there without anything else being touched. That's the box right there. 
goodbye. I don't even want to look at y'all no more. And like, yeah, it was just, it was kind of gross, man. Yep. Yeah. Although I got my value out of it. It was a deck that I got to play for over two years, so I can't complain too much. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair sorry. enough. Nope. I sold everything and proceeded to go back into hiding until set 11. <laughs> um, next question is from Derpy. Who's the one character you want to see put into your favorite color? Essentially, what's your favorite character and what color would you want them in regardless of viability? Uh, I guess Teen Gohan for me is my favorite character, and well, I guess I already got him right because like my favorite color is like blue, and then it's red, and we got a blue Teen Gohan. So like in general, we already got like my character is like pretty easy because I'm pretty basic, right? Like it's between Teen Gohan or Vegeta, and I've had both those leaders in both colors that I love a lot. So like I I, I don't really have any requests. Um, and whenever everyone asks me like, hey, what character? It's like. Bro, I'm basic AF, man. I like my Saiyans. So, like, they already hit me up with the things I like. And, like, I don't... Like, I don't have to feel that, like, I've been done dirty because I don't like the inferior versions of Gohan. So, like, it to, to me, it's just... It's whatever. I'm gonna pretend that that misinformed <laughs> disrespect didn't happen. Um, your form of Gohan that's preferred. Like, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna put it out there, right? If your favorite Gohan is not adult Gohan, you... You don't like people being happy you probably also shouldn't be allowed to be around children because gohan is nothing short in his teenage years of a just product of child abuse (laughs) (laughs) homeboy seeing relatives die relatives he didn't even know where relatives die he's been kidnapped he's gone through stockholm syndrome he has somehow gotten his kidnapper killed and felt guilty over do you understand complex of an emotion that is for a freaking six-year-old this man went off into space not even 10 years old went into space because he felt guilty about the death of a dude who kidnapped him with the full intent on weaponizing him to enslave his own race (laughs) (laughs) like team gohan there was no hero's moment like everybody's like he became the hero like bro that was not a hero's moment Homeboy watched all of his friends get, like, scraped up by many cells. Cells being a jackass. Crushed 16's head. And I quote you, I feel it slipping. Red line crossed the screen. Kid literally spazzed. He was not charging. He was screaming. He was hyperventilating. You heard that? Ah, ah, ah. Like, Homeboy was tweaking. And then he came back trying to torture Cell. Like, Gohan was a product of child abuse, mental illness, and he snapped. (laughs) He literally snapped. Adult Gohan has come out the other side, has learned to be a productive member of society, has a loving family. And that's wild. Passes out going Super Saiyan. Yeah, you know, that was a story beat. <laughs> and then they, uh, they decided to like take that story beat and like rewind it, flip it, and reverse it. You know, he's not supposed to go Super Saiyan. Oh wait, he can. Oh wait, it's because he hasn't worked out because that was apparently a fine print clause that we never heard from Elder Kai. That makes sense. Um, look, anywho, I just got <laughs> off on a tangent because I can't be, I can't have full peak Gohan being called inferior because that's. Go on is what happens when you actually go to therapy. Like that's 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 all that happens. Like that's that that it is what it is. Now, hating on his setup too. <laughs> he has the freaking like second richest human on the planet as his like 
father-in-law. Like, wife is a total babe. Bro is just sitting here living life, bro. Living life. And then, oh, to answer that question, because that tangent was hella, hella, hella tangenty, but I, I always get fired up I'm going to go on. Um, it's weird because I don't really have a favorite color anymore, mainly because once you start content creating, like you can still have your like biases, but you also kind of have to look at the broader view of colors and every color for one reason or another pisses me off. Um, (laughs) blue, blue can't have good cars to finish out his game if it's life dependent on it. So I don't want another adult, like it's a very real fact because Gohan is going to be the focus of this next movie. They've already said it, like, the the merch is coming out. And you know, like, how the main character just has more shine on everybody else in the merch? Like, we just saw, like, Figma pins get released for Japan. And the selection is, like, Pan, Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo, Gamma 1, Gamma 2, Gohan, Normal, Gohan, Ultimate. The next character, Broly. I was like, oh, oh, (laughs) that's how you know when the merchandising starts giving, you know who they're putting shine on. So Gohan is for sure getting his main character spotlight in this next movie, which means no freaking shot he's not getting a leader when we start getting cards for this movie. And I don't know what color I want him to be in. He's not going to be in black. That's just not how it is. Black is reserved for Dragon Ball Heroes and Xeno. So he's not going to be in black. Um. Then, you know, if he gets put in yellow, look, there's only two options for this. Yellow is either about to get shot for game, in which case I don't want Gohan being dropped off in a kneecap color. Or yellow is still going to be broken, in which case I don't want Gohan being dropped off in the color that everybody bandwagons. I want to scrape you up with Gohan while you didn't think Gohan was a playable deck like Gen Con. Now, I don't want Gohan in red. Because red is the most color inefficient or the most energy inefficient color in the game. It is so hungry for its place. And on top of that, for being so energy hungry, they ain't even giving you the way it's supposed to be. People are like, oh, red has too many free plays. I'm like, have you ever freaking tried to tap energy in red? It feels bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. I don't know why compared to other colors, but paying energy in red feels like the most painful thing to do versus every other color bro it's so freaking bad like like you tap three energy in blue like blue's out here untapping blue's out here playing like (laughs) all right let me let me just put this in perspective in blue you are tapping three energy at one point to play a great sandman blocker with revenge and like barrier who also stands he has blocker in that format, I could not think of a damn thing I would put three hard red energy into. No. No. <laughs> not a single card. <laughs> like, you're out here putting down Broly unisons in green if you're playing, you know, Majin, Vegeta, and stuff like that. You're out here, like, tapping three, like, for a counter counter in yellow. But three energy in red? Mmm. Mmm. Like, like Frieza Goku was dead on arrival unless you were from freaking Australia because it cost five. It's literally just the ain't no way no jitsu. So that kind of killed me because yes, it felt bad being blitzed out, but a lot of people just didn't understand that, you know, if you're blue, you should be maxing on Sensus. If you're 
green, you should be playing dormant. Like there were all the cards in the format to not get ran over by King Vegeta. People just didn't feel like maxing out on them. And red needs those free plays because again, red is Dickus Maximus tapping their energy. Like you have four energy, you tap three, man, you may die next turn. Like you can violent raise some person and then just discard one. They'll be like, well, there's unison, this freaking basil, this, this leader about to get up in your cheeks. Like, Oh, you violent raised me. Well, I'm blue and I'm going to put a bunch of 19 K dual attackers on the board. Like, wait, that's illegal. And you just get ran over. Like it's bad. <laughs> like, so I don't want him in red because if he's in red, if it's archetype based and I can't splash blue, oh no. Um, I don't want him in green because that's a death sentence. So in reality, I don't want Gohan in any of these colors. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want all the colors to get better before I can decide where my baby boy is going to go next because right now, none of y'all are worth his grace. So um, what about a surge, Gohan? Oh my god, if they make another surge leader, I will lose all faith in Bandai. <laughs> because there's only two ways a surge leader is about to come out. He's either broken, in which case Bandai has learned nothing. Or he's ass, in which case Bandai learned something, but then decided to still print him. Being ass. <laughs> and that is not the way. That is absolutely not the way. Let's not, like, we need to get away from printing dead on arrival cards. There's no reason why you should print a card and I should be like, wow. Yeah, ain't no way. I can't even imagine a future where I play this card. This is, this is, um, no, no. That's a waste of print. That's literally a waste of print. So, um, best case scenario, if I had to choose, the way things are right now, if he was yellow, then he's broken. Um, doesn't even matter. Like I said, he only got to be a 7 out of 10. Um, best case scenario, blue without a massive shell fair if he's blue without a massive shell i can i can rip some cards from potentially red i can maybe take some cards from like what wherever i need to and work from there so i think that's where we're at right now blue without a massive shell yeah makes a lot of sense um blue being the most flexible color to be able to splash though big big fan of the pick there uh, and finally, we got to the last question from Torex. What archetype would you redo? I.e. Shroom and Salsa not being based around zero battle cards and drop. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so uh, my community really likes to rile me up about Shroom and Salsa because um, for those of you that don't know, uh, I play in local leagues. Both of the local tournaments I play on Tuesdays and Thursdays are league play. Uh, which means we play for X amount of weeks throughout a season. And then based on how you play throughout the entire season, you get put into a top eight tournament for like prizing. Um, and it's all free. Shroom and Salsa was a deck I promised to play within that season. And I held off on doing it until the last uh, week of the season where it was basically I needed to like 3-0 the tournament uh, to, to get a spot in. Uh, or even just win one. Maybe win one and like draw one. Maybe some, it was some kind of situation like that maybe actually. It was even worse. And uh, <laughs> and I went 0-3 uh, with Shroom and Salsa. And I was like, when I made that promise, I thought the deck was going to be cool. I didn't think it was going to be great. 
because I knew there's a lot of restrictions, right? Like not every deck is going to be put you in a position where you can actually make sure they don't have anything in their drop. But that deck is incredibly bad at doing it too. Like the deck is kind of okay now if you play the go the thwarting package, but that's just because on the back of thwarting more so than the Shuman Saucy stuff. So, but I wouldn't even pick that deck. Like that deck is dead to me, bro. Like <laughs> I've told anyone that if they try and force me to, like if they push the Shuman Saucy narrative too much on my stream chat, they're banned. <laughs> and like and not not even because i'm that salty about it but just because i'm trying to like i'm, I'm trying to send a message <laughs> so like it wouldn't be shroom and salsa because i just really don't care about the deck enough like it did me dirty and i never want to see it again and if i really want to play a shroom and salsa style deck i would just play mickey cabra it does the shroom and salsa thing but like better and actually good so like um i don't know what archetype i guess i would redo um like I guess my biggest thing, and I, we kind of got it, um, but it's just kind of easy to pick because it's a card that's on my deck. Um, the Gogeta, like Ramp Gogeta, is it, kind of a weird balance because the Awakened side of that leader is actually completely broken, but the Awakened side kind of leaves a lot to be desired. Um, so I guess if I would like redo an R-Type, I would redo the R-Type in a way that like Veku isn't as vulnerable or the front side can be like a decent blue leader that doesn't actually need to rely on the blue strategy, but like it, it's a tough pick. Um, in general, I think most archetypes that I enjoy have all kind of been decent enough for me to not feel like they need to get a big redo. Um, and generally, if I wait long enough, then it'll get like rebooted cards, kind of like the Crimson Vegeta and the new uh, red blue ramp, uh, BR ramp stuff we got. So um, I don't know. I don't think there's any archetype that I feel like needs to be super redone that I would appreciate. Um, Shrooms also would be an easy pick, but again, it basically did get rebooted with the Mickey Cobra leader. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really feel like any archetype. Like there's some I wish were more powerful, but that wouldn't require a reboot of the archetype if not just like the deck just getting more support. Like, you know, like some decks like Red Yellow Baby, it's a deck I love. It could arguably use a little bit more support in terms of making it, um, making the combo just a little bit better. But like at the end of the day, uh, the deck's fine. Um, and it could always just end up getting a one card piece support. like. Uh, red green king vegeta got the field card og broly got the field card so in general i'm pretty happy with the archetypes the way they are for the most part well i'm glad you guys asked um archetypes to redo first off it's red gohan from oh Rose. my god are we fucking every single week man needs to draw when he swings um Man, he's a draw when he swings. He's a combo deck. Let him get more cards in his hand in the combo. Let him plus. Let him plus plus. That way he can be the combo fiend he needs to be. Um, Past that, Jiren in the same set. That's fair. Actually, Jiren would actually be a solid to reboot. Like, I don't know what it is about that deck, but... Like, alright. I'm gonna be real. It is a freaking shame. That we have not, like, that almost every UI deck that has come out has been heat. Now, I'm not talking about the, the fugly UI sign ones. Every mastered UI leader card has been absolute heat so far in the game. I think there's only one coming out with the second one. Not kind of the starter deck one. We don't touch that. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, every single Jiren deck has been mid. This is the dude who literally disrespected everybody on the playing field until Goku ass-pulled to beat him. And uh, I, I got into, like, a little Twitter flame earlier today. People were like, oh, it's kind of stupid that you say you hate GT when you openly like Jiren, because uh, Jiren's an ass-pulled character. I'm like, in 
the three minute dry ass Jiren backstory, we were told that this man has been training since the age of like seven to never lose again. That's the opposite of an ass pool. He has dedicated his entire life to kicking people's asses. And so like, look, Jiren is on that level. Like other gods acknowledge him as a real one. He is able to blatantly disrespect his god of destruction with no consequences. Like, y'all remember when Belmod told his entire backstory on screen, and Jiren was just like, that's enough out of you, and Belmod literally just shut up? Like, Goku could never do that to Beerus. Like, he literally could never do that. So Jiren just needs, like, some respect on his name. If Apex, like, if, if, if Invoker Goku can be the strongest deck of a format, if MUI Goku can be the best red card for a format. We deserve a format where you look at Jiren and you go, oh yeah, Jiren just mops. Like, Jiren is literally just one of the strongest decks in the format. And this does not come from you printing a freaking boss card with quad strike, but no conceivable way to connect. (laughs) Which you have tried three (laughs) times already. (laughs) <laughs> like, stop it so literally stop it stop yeah, it none yeah, of these quad uh, strikes that require you to have 30 u11s in the grave none of these quad strikes that require you to tap like seven <laughs> <laughs> like like stop it i don't care if you remove quad strike it was cute jiren needs quad strike but like jiren with quad strike that could be thwarted by a single weiss's course stop it this is this is it's shameful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the bag fumbled so many times. This shit was so wild. Yeah, I mean, or even just the fact we've never got a Jiren SCR still kind of blows my mind. To be fair, you're not wrong. Like again, Jiren is he's that dude. Like y'all are forgetting this man got this man was mopping everybody. He got clapped up a little bit by Master Ultra Instinct, and he just straight up said, "Ain't no way." You are going to gain some silver hair and put hands on me? And through sheer force of will, kicked it up to the level where he was throwing hands back and forth. Lost. And people that say it's a straight loss. Okay, Goku lost, quote unquote, unallegedly like nine times throughout that tournament. It's, it's yes. a wonder. <laughs> they, just let, they just let Goku die and then just take naps. Like this man was in the middle of a war zone, just sleeping half the time. Oh, let me just play with Kale and Khalifa and gain my energy back. Oh, Freeze is going to give me some energy. Oh, everybody's getting wrung out, but for some reason I land in some rubble and nobody thinks to knock my ass. All right, look, Goku did not win the fight. He got MC plot armored all throughout the battle, then made an ass pull that was Mastered Ultra Instinct. And then they still had to 3v1 jump this man. He was still had this much gas. They had to jump him at the end. And they couldn't even knock him out. They had to bring him out on a technicality. Like, Jiren deserves an SDR. Jiren deserves a best deck in format format. Jiren deserves so much more than this. Yeah. And uh, that's my soapbox. Jiren and Gohan from the same set need to be rebooted. There we go. That's my TED talk. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about Gohan stories, but <laughs> uh, so maybe boy needs shine too. <laughs> With that said, guys, that was our SC mailbag. Of course, if you guys want to ask a question and have it answered on the show, then just jump onto the discords and jump into the SC mailbag and ask your question there, or. Tweet at us with the hashtag SE Mailbag and we'll get to your question on air. 
With that said, that was our agenda for today. In terms of what Chris and I have going this week, uh, this week, uh, I don't know if, like, you know, the video, video, the video schedule sporadic always depends on how work is for me, but uh, streams are still going to go live. If you guys want to see what locals are like this week, I'll probably be playing uh, Shenron Catapesla, uh, so that should be a lot of fun. So I'm going to be messing around with some side decks as usual while we wait for the new format to pop out. Um, and that'll be it. If there's some videos that pop out, uh, we'll see if I can get some recording stuff. So we'll keep it on the YouTube. But in general, that's what I got going today. Or this week, I guess. How about you, Chris? What, uh, what, do, what do you got going on this week? Well, with an entire series of videos going down to shitter, um, <laughs> I, I am gracefully struggling to find <laughs> new content. Um, to be honest, it's kind of like just it's it's fever pitching right now, man. Like I am making content for Doken and Legends on one channel, I'm making content for this on another. We just went over Tampa, which is nice. I just put out a video about where I think the format needs to go. Um, for the first time in a long time, I have no idea what video I'm making next. But just be aware that it'll probably drop on Wednesday. <laughs> like. Uh, don't know where we're going, but that's the magic of it. So when it looks really well and put together on Wednesday, just know that it was probably made Tuesday night. Hey, yo. <laughs> um, and if I somehow brain fart and don't come out with a video on Wednesday, you know why. Just support your boy in the meantime. Uh, I'm going to try to come up with something. We've already kind of expended all of our topics about, about uh, Sans. Not Sans, Realm of the Gods. We've talked about future stuff. Um, my future video was also kind of tied into what I wanted for the ban list. I'm not even going to say what I think is going to happen in the ban list because this shit is pretty much unpredictable at this point. Um, they'd, be, they'd be reprinting problem cards. Like, don't forget, like, King Piccolo and Bergamo were announced as winner stamps cards and then immediately put to one. So, <laughs> like, yep. you, you really can't read. Like, they, they got unpredictable. Like, Bandai's planning process has ultra instinct in relation to our predictions. So, <laughs> oh man, it is it is a lot. I have no idea, y'all. You call me with that question. I feel like a doofus right now. No, that's uh, fine. I mean, there's there there's some weeks like that. It's cool. <laughs> back to drop on Wednesday, y'all. <laughs> I bet, bet, bet. Oh, you know what? I got a fight night that I record and haven't edited. Bang! That's why we do it. That's why we hey, do it, baby. There we go. So expect a fight night. Uh, colors will be blue versus red. I'll I'll leave the decks a little secret. And um yeah, we'll get in there, bud. We will get in there. I bet. Cool, cool, cool. All right, everyone. And that was this week's Super po Combo Podcast. Of course, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, that was our show for today, of course. Catch you guys next week. And until then, best of luck with your top deck, guys. See you soon.